Hello! Football, football, football. Yes, we're back to talk about more football. Welcome to this week's edition of the Football Weekly Podcast. I'm back, as always, with Victor. This week, we're going to be looking at the Premier League and La Liga. They're just around the corner. We'll be looking ahead at what to expect once they're back in action. As always, then, we'll move on to a summary of last round's Bundesliga action, deep diving in some Kickstocks data to bring up some of the latest stats on the best performers, who's had the biggest shockers over the weekend, and some of our favourite matches. And, of course, as always, we'll jump in right ahead to the next round of Bundesliga fixtures, providing some Kickstock-specific insights into which players to watch, once to avoid, and some hints and tips on how to beef up your Kickstock's portfolios. Without further ado, let's get stuck in. Right, before we get started, just some quick news coming from the EFL. After weeks of argument, Leagues 1 and 2 have now voted in an overwhelming majority to end their seasons in line with EFL guidelines on Tuesday, after a number of alternative proposals and amendments were rejected. So as a result, League 1 and 2 are concluded. Uh, Coventry City and Rotherham United have been promoted to Championship, while Swindon Town, Crew Alexandra and Plymouth Argyle have been promoted to League 1. Heading the opposite way, of course, Tranmere Rovers, Southend United and Bolton Wanderers have been relegated to League 2, while Stevenage and most likely Macclesfield Town subject to points deductions for alleged breaches of EFL regulations, are heading to the National League. Playoffs are set uh, for the back end of June. So, um, that's the news coming from the EFL. Uh, in other news, something that we're super excited about, La Liga's back. Vic? La Liga's definitely back. It's starting this Thursday with a, with a Derby of Sevilla. Amazing game. And very excited, of course. There's also, you know, we're wearing certain attire. Normally, we we put on oh, a football you, shirt. There's, do, you, do you have to bring this up? And there's a story there. Do you have to bring this up? This time, uh, there's only one of us wearing a football shirt. Um, but we are both wearing scarves in honor of the La Liga returning. So for myself, as a as a known Ajax fan, I'm wearing a, an Ajax scarf of the match uh, Ajax-Real Madrid in the Champions League 2011. Uh, I think that was the game where they lost 4-0. Uh, so not the bestest memory for, for me, myself. But uh, I think your scarf has a lot more history to it. So, so you so you actually gave me this scarf just to make me feel worse than you feel right now wearing that scarf, didn't well, you? A little bit. I, I, I came prepared this week. I actually brought my own football shirt. I'm wearing the only colour any football fan should wear. It's red, obviously. I've got Manchester United, 2018-2019 season. Again, not a season that brings back great memories, let's be honest. <laughs> but the the scarf that Vic has oh so kindly gifted me for this week's edition of the podcast is none other than the 2011 Champions League final uh, against Barcelona, uh, which we all know ended 3-1. Manchester United actually brought Barcelona into the half 1-1 after a Rooney goal. Pedro scored first and uh, we were we were looking the better team. And then the next 45 minutes after that, the rest is history. Barcelona just absolutely dominated us. They were by far the better team. And um, they really just showed the world, in my opinion, why Pep's Barcelona team for that four or five year period were the best team on the continent and arguably the best team uh, that's ever been um, for the style of football they played. Uh, Xavi, Iniesta in that midfield just absolutely marshaled it and dominated it with Busquets. Um, Messi obviously doing his thing. David Villa, who was just absolutely on fire at the time as well. Honestly, incredible team. Incredible team. So thanks for bringing back those memories, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see how happy you are to talk about it, so that's great. <laughs> anyway, swiftly moving on yeah. from that. Uh, back to modern times. I'm going to bring you back to the, the present day. La Liga's back. Um, sp- the Spanish soccer body La Liga has confirmed that uh, for the upcoming games, they've seen how the Bundesliga have gone about trying to improve some of the fan experience around match days. They've uh, and they've decided now that they've confirmed 
that virtual fans and fake crowd noises were going to be part of their live broadcasts when Spain's top two leagues return to action. Um, they've got a collaboration with a Norwegian firm called Visit. Uh, apparently what they're going to do is, in La Liga stadiums, they're going to virtualize and offer two-scale images of seated fans wearing the colors of the home team. And when the game is stopped, the virtual fan images are then going to be transformed into canvases that will show institutional images and promotional offerings. Uh, the crowd noises, meanwhile, they're going to be supplied by EA Sports, makers of the FIFA game franchise. Um, and uh, apparently, yes, they're going to be taking a lot of uh, sound audio that's recorded from stadiums, from previous games, and they're going to play them live in match. So it all sounds pretty creative. It's all part of Javier Tevas, uh, the, the La Liga president's goal of making La Liga more attractive, internationalizing it a little bit. Do you think it's going to work? Do you like the idea? I mean, uh, I think the as we discussed a couple of podcasts ago, that people get more and more creative, especially in these times of corona, that they can't... Uh, give the experience that uh, that live football match can give or even watching it on TV with the audience. So, you know, we have to see what works. And I think it's good that people are thinking of solutions to make it better for, to engage the fan hmm. uh, the best they can. So, um, you know, only time will tell. I think, look, one, one thing we all knew the Germans were going to get right is logistically um, when it came to making sure testing was in place properly uh, and that the, the, the football calendar was operating at an optimum level. The Germans are always going to be on top of that. But one thing that La Liga do really well is uh, in terms of fan engagement. And actually, I know that La Liga, they've been looking across the pond at the Premier League and they've seen how the Premier League have really done a fantastic job in promoting their brand internationally. And they've got a huge following all across Asia and, and North America. And La Liga want a slice of that pie. So one way they've gone about it is they've really tried to just give a real unique feel to La Liga. And part of that is actually the visual effects that they create with La Liga highlights, uh, with this new La Liga TV that they're setting up, which is their, uh, their new OTT channel, uh, which basically brings you highlights with a very unique feel. It, it, they, they add a lot of cartoony kind of graphics to the highlights. And um, it's, it's part of them creating unique brand and trying to really win over fans in foreign markets. And I know they're really pushing as well in Asia at the moment. Um, so it's gonna, I think it's going to look really cool. I think it's going to be pioneering. And um, really, let's just, let's, just, let's just see how it goes. But uh, I'm actually quite excited to see how it pans out and what it looks like. But that's all ahead of us anyway. Right here, right now, we've still got Bundesliga action to discuss. So should we sink our teeth into it? Let's go. Let's do it. So, latest round of Bundesliga. Um, the latest fixtures haven't really affected the top six in the table, let's be honest. Um, we know that the top five mainly dropped points, apart from Dortmund, who managed a 1-0 win against Hertha in a fairly unentertaining match. And Bayern Munich cruised to a nice 4-2 win against Leverkusen. Um, any highlights for you, Wick? Well, I mean, we talked. You, I mean, you stated last last week that uh, Dortmund against Hertha would be a nice match to watch. Um, I'm sorry to say, but it was not. <laughs> uh, I think you know the goalkeepers; they couldn't distinguish themselves. Neither keeper was really on camera, which for me means that. Uh, it's not the best signs for neutral football fans because there's not a lot of action from the goals. <laughs> when it comes to football predictions, it's not looking good for us at the moment. No, is it? exactly. <laughs> but uh, I think it was, you know, Dortmund, they won. They did what they needed to do. It was a good goal, good finish after precision heading assist from Brandt. Yeah. Uh, it was nice to see Witzel back in action. You know, the Yeah, long good, time out. Long time out. You know, he, he rewarded his performance with a 6.44 increase uh, on kickstocks. He played well. 
I think a, a player to be known is Akanji, the the central central defender of Dortmund. Mm. I think he's he's strong in defense. You know, he's a big guy, always dominant, but he's also calm, cool, and collected. He has good passing through the field. You know, it also resulted in in a good performance on Kickstarts with 11, 11.76%. But he's you know he's a he's a force to be reckoned with uh, in the back next to the inexperienced Hummels. Was he the top performer in that he game? He was one of the to- in that in that game. He was one of the top performers, definitely. One of the other one of the other games I wanted to highlight. Uh, it actually plays into our bet. RB Leipzig limps to a stale one-one against SC Paderborn. I mean, Leipzig were denied the three points by bottom side Paderborn after a last gasp goal from uh, Christian Strodic, uh, who sealed the draw. It must uh, have hurt. Uh, apologies if you. I butchered that last name, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Le- Leipzig only had themselves to blame, to be honest. Um, a clumsy double yellow card from Upamakano in the 43rd minute saw him sent off after kicking the ball out of play following the ref's whistle. And um, Werner, who's the golden boy at the moment, um, he missed a sitter by his standards uh, to take the lead in the 67th minute. So do you think the Chelsea talks have gotten to him, maybe? Maybe a little bit, but I think he's more worried about shaving that moustache of yours because he's like, <laughs> he does not want to win because he does not want to see that No, stash. no, absolutely not. It was definitely a game they should have won. Um, yeah, three points really thrown down the drain, I think, in that one. But uh, I, I still think look, I still think Leipzig are going to get there. You I can admit defeat. There's no shame, no, I, I, There's I, no I think, shame. Look, Dortmund only just scraped a 1-0 win against Hertha. Let's be honest. Uh, there's still more games to go. I reckon Leipzig will get there. Um, but not not based on that last performance. They definitely got a they've definitely got a strengthen uh, after that. Still confident. I like it. Bayern Leverkusen against Bayern Munich four yeah. two Munich. Uh, easy peasy once again for the league leaders. They march on an impressive style to seal their twenty second win of the season. Any top performers in in this game for you? I mean, we have to we have to mention a couple of players. But one I really want to mention is Supa Thomas Muller. Mr. Mula. Uh, Thomas Muller. He's he scored his or he gave his twentieth assists, a record-breaking uh, amount with twenty assists, beating uh, De Bruyne and Forsberg's uh, previous record of nineteen assists. Um, you know, so to think that many people would think or thought that he wouldn't fit in the squad at the beginning of the year because he was too old, he was too dated. He's he's just proving everyone wrong, and that's what I love. Mm. You know, he's he's really he's a great duo with Lewandowski. I even heard a couple times on the t- television uh, this weekend Muller Doski. Muladowski doesn't really roll off the tongue. No, it doesn't. But uh, but they're a deadly duo. It's 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 cheesy, but it's true. You know, form is temporary, but class is permanent. Mm-hmm. And I think you see that with Muller now. You know, he, he went through a dip. It can happen to any player. But the class is shining through now, and he, he's obviously a brilliant player. And I'm actually really impressed that he's he's hitting such heights with the assists. I mean, yeah. you'd assume he's in there for goals, but he's contributing in other ways. He's letting Lewandowski do his thing, and um, yeah, he's proving pivotal. This and, year. and credits to to Hansi Flick, the coach, you know, for making. For sure play that way for putting him in those positions um but yeah it's nice to see that 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 someone can uh, you know shut people up yeah uh, with his feet and also just shout, shout out to you by the way this is why you should be by the way anyone listening out there listen to vic don't listen to me uh, this guy <laughs> look he's 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 the kickstocks fanatic he knows his stuff uh, a really nice goal from florian verts the 17 year old who gets himself off the mark with his first goal of the season and you actually highlighted him in the last podcast as a player to watch and get in getting your portfolio yeah, definitely. He's the youngest goal scorer in Bundesliga history now, with 17 years, one month and three days old, beating Nuri Sahin's record, uh, stemming back from 2005. And yeah, it was a nice goal. It was a, kind of a worthless goal when you look at the match, but mm. uh, but good, nice for him. He went up 14.06% in uh, on Kickstock, so if you had him, 
Props to you. Yeah. Good good for you for listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone no, was uh, listening to Vic, but look in, in yeah, exactly. In future rounds, listen to Vic. Yeah. In other games, Freiburg beat Borussia Mönchengladbach 1-0. Sloppy game all round, to be fair, but bad day at the office for Mönchengladbach. They shouldn't be dropping points there, but sadly they did. Mainz beat Frankfurt 2-0. Frankfurt looks like their season's really petering out to be quite a disappointing one in the end, despite having a really good season last year, winning the DFC Pokal and uh, having a decent Europa League run. Uh, Dusseldorf, Hoffenheim 2-2 in the end. Uh, and Wolfsburg ended up beating Werder Bremen 1-0, probably with one of the most horrific kit clashes you'll see all season. Light green versus light blue. Uh, it was yeah pretty horrendous. It was like watching the Tanzanian flag on acid. Um, <laughs> you could probably... But what I really liked, what I really liked about it actually, which was unique and I've never had this before, it absolutely... Uh, thundered down rain and you could actually hear the rain on the microphone pitch on the on the pitch side microphones well, I'm glad you really paid attention to how the teams <laughs> played <laughs> I don't know I just, I just was thought, it that boring of a game Jay? it was it was but I thought that was kind of cool I don't know <laughs> maybe that's just me FC Union Berlin won Schalke won we've got to talk about Schalke we can't we can't ignore Schalke's form this season but they picked up their first points of, of since resumption so Hennis, shout out to Hennis again Hennis <laughs> if you don't call in we're going to keep talking about Schalke I mean we're going to keep bashing them. but hey you know props to you you got their first point after the corona break I'm so sh- uh, you know congratulations I'm sure Hennis will be popping the champagne after yeah. that one nice uh, finish from uh, John Joe Kenny to give uh, to give him their first point but <laughs> what are they doing it just it just looks like total shambles yeah, yeah, horrific um, and look, it can only go up for Schalke from here. Uh, I don't think they'll get relegated, but if they keep playing the way they are, um, it's not going to be pretty towards the end of the season. Yeah, final result. Augsburg won, FC Köln won as well. Moment of the round, Vic. I think we both agreed on this one, didn't we? Um, probably FC Schalke getting their first point back in action. I mean, it's got to be, no? I mean, it's historical. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an historic it's, event. It's the day football. we never thought would come. No, and uh, no, I mean, that is a nice event. But, uh, you know, for me, it's still uh, Thomas Muller getting his record, uh, breaking assist. You know, um, I think it's a special moment for him. And uh, that was my moment of the, of the round. And by the way, just on Muller's assist record, to put it in perspective, the Premier League record for assists is Cherry Henry in 2002-2003 with 20 assists an amount that Muller has already reached so I don't want to make any comparisons here and I won't <laughs> but good. I'm just saying it's 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 quite an achievement that's to be fair that's impressive stuff I can't deny right Bundesliga review done should we look at the upcoming fixtures and sink our teeth into some analysis I'm excited right Vic Upcoming fixtures, take us away. Yeah, so I think um, there are some interesting fixtures coming up. I think the the first game of the of the match round is Hoffenheim against Leipzig. Hoffenheim they sacked their coach Alfred Schroeder for not a, a, a really justified justified justified. Do you think? Yeah, no, I don't know. It's it's difficult because they were you know they were full uh, in full flight fighting for a European football ticket. They played well. They were they weren't having their best season, but they just you know they got rid of him. It it, it does seem um, it does seem an odd decision considering the fact that. You know, we've come back from Corona. There's been an extensive break. You know, Hoffenheim season is not really going to change that much until the end of the season. So you would have thought they'd just regroup, regather, and kick on again next I year. mean, they're still fighting for a serious European European ticket. And there's four more games. So there's something strange must have happened in the back room or in the office uh, for him to get fired. But I think it's in, you know, they, they have an attacking mindset, Hoffenheim, Leipzig, as, as, you, as you stated many times. 
um, like to attack, like to be dangerous. Um, Leipzig have to come through. My, exactly. boy, my boys have to come through. From that game, I would like to highlight uh, maybe Dani Olmo, Spanish midfielder from Leipzig. I think uh, he's been he's been playing all right. The last couple of games, I think he's he's prime for his uh, for another goal from his side. So it'd be interesting to see. So uh, keep an eye out on him. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Fortuna Düsseldorf Dortmund. I think. Uh, the striker of Dortmund, Ralph Hennings, was one of our top risers uh, on kicks. So, you know, he scored two goals, played a great game, went up by uh, almost 20% uh, on kick stocks. Will he have such a good game again? No, I don't think so, because Dortmund is Dortmund, uh, always a solid team. So I wouldn't uh, purchase Ralph Hennings. I would look at Akanji, as we mentioned him before. You know, he's, he's a solid, solid, solid defender, and I think he can keep a clean, he can keep a clean sheet. Um, another game that's that's worth mentioning um, probably Bayern, Bayern München Gladbach. Bayern München Gladbach, and uh, looking like a great fixture. Yes, and we talked about the whole Müller Doski, um, Müller Thomas Müller and Robert Lewandowski link up. Well, but both of them. Uh, got yellow carded uh, last game so they will be suspended against Mönchengladbach so make sure you don't pick them uh, or it will be a waste of cash uh, so you know on the on the other side you could think of who's going to replace him an interesting choice would be Joshua Zerkse I was just going to say uh, the Dutch uh, striking talent I don't know Dutch if Hansi Heid. Flick will give him a chance but uh, if he does, there's there's room for a big increase on his side. What other option does he have? Let's I mean, honest. he could put uh, Serge Gnabry in the striking position and really is also you know, moving from winger to to striker. That's that's the safer option, uh, I guess, if you're looking from the coach's point of view. But uh, I mean, if you if you're looking at Bayern's perspective, they've got nothing to lose, really. I mean, no. the the, the, le- the league is theirs to lose, but they've pretty much got it in the bag. So why not throw the kid in? That's what I would say. So um, you know, Zerkse is um, a cheap option, and if he scores, uh, he just might. Uh, he's he's only three thousand uh, euros on kickstocks uh, so if he scores he might just shoot your portfolio through the roof and win you the battles yeah, um, I reckon Xerxes is a great shout to get in your portfolio for sure I think another I think the final uh, game to, that's worth mentioning is Schalke against Leverkusen if you weren't going to mention it I was <laughs> exactly so uh, you know Leverkusen always attacking playing well they got through to the final of the DFB Pokal the, the, the Dutch uh, the German Cup and they're playing against Schalke so you know it could be a, <laughs> could be a massive goal fest for Schalke. Uh, do not get the keeper of Schalke or any defenders. That's my suggestion. Just, I mean, Schalke, I hate to bang on about it, but Schalke is just a no-go zone right now. Yeah. Um, don't go anywhere near him. Hennis, if you want to, if, if, <laughs> if, if, if you want to defend, you know, if you want to object to that, feel free to call in. We're still waiting. We're still waiting. Radio silence from Hennis. We're still waiting. And we're not going to stop until you call in. Hennis, the world is ready to hear from you. So the beautiful part about this upcoming week, Vic, though, is that we've got two of the biggest leagues coming back to us, Premier League and La Liga. We're going to be focusing specifically on La Liga this week, though. We've got some juicy fixtures coming up. A couple derbies. Uh, Sevilla-Real Betis is going to be the first derby that's going to be played uh, tomorrow, Thursday, the 11th of June. Um, the Derby de Seville. The Derby de Seville kicking us off again. And then Friday coming up, uh, Barcelona versus Mallorca. Um, league leaders obviously looking to uh, cement their position at the top. And we've also got Real Madrid, who are going to be playing Ibar on the Sunday, and Atletico Bilbao against Atletico Madrid. So some great games. Anyone that you're looking forward to in particular, and any players to highlight? Well, first of all, I'm just massively excited that the league is starting again. 
because uh, you know as much as we love the Bundesliga it's also nice to get some uh, diversification in there it's not but nice, um, it? no i think i think the biggest game this i mean obviously it's it's interesting to see how these massive how these big teams are going to come out of the break barcelona real madrid real madrid playing against ibar uh, and and uh, barcelona against um, mallorca you know both at the lower end of the table see how they uh, how they come out of uh, of the break but mm. i think the biggest game is uh, atletico madrid against atletico de bilbao two massive clubs with uh, extremely rich histories um so uh, i'm looking forward to that player wise it's, it's you know uh, barcelona and real madrid are both getting players back from injury um uh, barcelona is getting luis suarez back you know for some for some goals uh, real madrid is getting hazard back uh, which they which they missed uh, before the the break started, so uh, I mean, I guess it's good for them. Do you reckon? Um, do you reckon La Liga coming back is going to take away some of the thunder from Bundesliga? I mean, they've had their time in the spotlight. Everyone was super excited to get it back, but now we've actually got a title race on our hands, which you're not getting in in Bundesliga. So I think all, all the attention now and the focus is going to shift back onto La Liga once it's back, isn't it? And what I mean, it's definitely it's definitely stealing some of Bundesliga's thunder, but I don't. I, I mean, I think the interest will be will be football and TV, you know, especially for, for fans from different countries. For sure. Um, but right now, we're discussing La Liga. And apparently, this week, we've got a special guest on. Another yes, one do. that you've invited, Vic. Yes, we do. Yeah, it's a good friend of mine. Um, Dutch, but a true um, fan of a certain Spanish club. I'll keep that uh, uh, in the back of my head or my mouth. <laughs> for now. <laughs> Which, whichever you want. Because he'll, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll tell you why his love for that club uh, or how it existed. But uh, yeah, let's call him up, I say. All right, so uh, speaking of La Liga, a very dear friend of mine um, is actually a huge fan of a certain club in La Liga. And uh, for some reason, he can never shut up about it. But uh, at this moment... uh, (laughs) It's quite relevant, and he, uh, you know, we have we have him on the phone, James. So uh, I can't wait to actually interview this guy. Apparently, he's a bit of a football whiz, according to Vic. So uh, let's see what he's got to say. Well, I have I have to admit, uh, last couple of years, Vic has somewhat sort of uh, surpassed me on the whiz level. Wow! But, oh, what, what a way to, introdu- Liga, what a way to introduce yourself, Alex. <laughs> what a way to introduce yourself. This is Alex. Uh, <laughs> From Holland. Yeah, I'm just calling in uh, to tell these guys a little bit about La Liga. Yes, great, great. So, uh, so La Liga is starting again, like uh, like we stated. How do you feel about that as a as a fan? I feel like all football fans should feel. I'm really stoked about La Liga returning, and I think one of the key elements about this excitement is the fact that pretty much everything in La Liga uh, is still up for grabs. Nothing has been decided yet. I mean, the title race, the the chase for the remaining Champions League tickets, and the battle for relegation. Are all so much, uh, so much, uh, very wide open. I mean, the title race between Barcelona and Real Madrid. I have absolutely no clue who the favorite is at the moment. Real Madrid is two points behind Barcelona, but I think their schedule is a bit easier. So that could go either way. Hazard's coming back from injury. Suarez is coming back from injury. These, these, both these injuries could turn out to be really, really important in the long run. I really don't know who's going to take the title and. I think that's what makes this competition so good. Yeah. Premier League and Bundesliga seem to be decided, and the league is completely open. The listeners don't know yet what 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 uh, what club uh, Stoke supports. So uh, let me just yeah, jump in there so. first, because you mentioned Real Madrid and Barcelona, uh, as yeah. a lot of people do when they talk about the Liga. But that is not where your heart lies with one of those clubs. Is no, it? definitely not. Most definitely not. So which club? No, my is that? heart lies with Atleti. 
who are unfortunately uh, in an unexpected, really tight race for the two remaining Champions League tickets, along with Sevilla, Sociedad and Getafe. But um, no, I've always been a fan of Atleti ever since I was, I think, 12 years old. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was 2006 when Aguero transferred from Independiente to uh, Atletico Madrid. But then when Aguero transferred to Atletico Madrid, um, at the time, as most of you know, he was a really big prospect and football manager. And I was 12 years old, and as every 12-year-old boy should be, I was knee-deep in the football manager at the time. <laughs> So this sort of allowed me to develop a special relationship with Aguero due to the game. And when he transferred to Atletico, I started paying more attention to the club, to him, and slowly but certainly sort of fell in love with the club. To be fair, it wasn't that hard to fall in love with the club at that time because Aguero was playing up front with Jacob Forlan. They were winning the Europa League. Well, yeah. uh, so it was a really good time to start being a fan of Atletico. I, I think I remember a, a cracking not- final as well. It was Atletico versus Fulham. In the uh, yeah, Fulham, Europa yeah, League final, two, Danny two Murphy's one, right, still yeah. playing at the time. I think it was around a year or two years after uh, Aguero made his debut that I first uh, got my first Atletico jersey. A couple of my friends picked up on the fact that I was uh, starting to become a fan. They gave me a jersey and as a 13-year-old boy. That's a really big deal, as you yeah. both can probably imagine. Yeah. So this sort of kick-started it all. Then yeah. not too long after that, I went to my first game at the Vicente Calderon, especially in the stadium, you sort of experience that all the supporters and all the players they all have this passion this underdog mentality and it, it sort of shows in a weird way like they're always trying to prove themselves to the rest of spain it sort of feels that way for me at least and yeah i, I just love it i love the passion i love that that but, type of but it's interesting because because a lot of a lot of people you know they praise barcelona for their for their attacking football for the tiki-taka football yeah, sure. and real madrid you know real madrid will always be real madrid and um, you know the galacticos but uh, and people always say Atletico really defensive, not nice to watch. But you don't feel that way, do you? No, I, I can imagine where people are coming from, or at least playing wise, they do play a bit of defensive football, especially ever since El Cholo, Diego Simeone arrived in the club yeah. nine years ago. But to me, it's not necessarily defensive or um, counter counter attacking football. I see it more as really passionate do or die football. Like Simeone literally would rather die than lose a game. A lot, a lot of people in England, Alex, they call it pragmatic. It's pragmatic. Yeah, football. pragmatic. It, it might yeah, not yeah, always be the prettiest to look at, but it gets the job done. It gets the results, and ultimately, football is a results game, and it's about winning. Yeah, to be to be fair, pragmatic sort of leaves out the element of passion, though, in my opinion. Mm. Mm. Like pr- pragmatic is like going to work, getting it done, and I feel like the Atleti way of playing football is like giving everything, leaving everything out on the field, and if you win, you win. And if you lose, it's not going to be because you didn't try your hardest. And I think that's a, that's a nice way to play the game. Yeah. A question for you then. Is that something yeah, sure. Is that something that accompanies Diego Simeone? So let's say the day that he leaves the club, does that, does that passion leave with him? Or is it more ingrained in the club's DNA, in your opinion? It's an excellent question. I've been asking myself that question for quite some time now. But ever, ever since I supported the club, at least, that's been mostly uh, Diego Simeone's uh, lead and he he has he he definitely yeah he definitely has this this aura around him sort of that makes players want to go even harder but i think that in the end atletico has always been sort of the underdog especially when you look at the big brother real madrid in the same city so i feel like this this passionate supporters and this underdog mentality requires players to play with with everything they've got will remain with the club even after Simeone leaves. so um 
yeah to 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 uh make a little bridge to uh to to why we're here talking about kickstocks and the players uh i would love to hear yeah, your sure. view on which are the which are the first la liga players you are going to put in your portfolio and why i have got three players ready for you if you don't mind i uh, i would love to uh, hear the first is the mandatory uh, atletico madrid player i guess the two of you both won't be surprised if i say that when you try to put a Atletico Madrid player in your portfolio. Under Diego Simeone, you're probably best off picking a defending player. So for me, it came down to either Felipe or Jan Oblak. Felipe has been a real sensation this year for Atletico ever since he arrived in the summer. But knowing Simeone, he could always fall back to his trusted Savage Jimenez duo, despite of Felipe's excellent performances. So I had to go with Jan Oblak, in my opinion, the best goalkeeper in the world. I would have to agree if with you that. Put your you have to agree with that. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so if you have to put your money in uh, in the player from Atletico Madrid, I'd say go with a four-time Zamora winner. You can't go wrong on that one, in my opinion. Yeah. Besides Atletico players, I've obviously, I've obviously also chosen other players. The first player that came to my mind when you uh, asked me to take a good Kickstocks player was Odegaard. Right. Odegaard plays Real Sociedad. And apart from Barcelona and Real Madrid, Real Sociedad has been the most scoring team in La Liga this season. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's by quite some margin as well. And Odegaard is the he's the, the, the link-up player, and due to his excellent link-up play, Sociedad scored a tremendous amount of goals this season. So their best player, their most uh, most important player, I'd say uh, Odegaard is a cheap and really good option to put in your uh, put in your portfolio. He's a shoe-in for me at least. So do you think uh, Odegaard definitely a great player, but obviously he's, he's owned by Real Madrid. Do you think he's good enough for Real Madrid next season? Yeah, I think at the moment he, he definitely is good enough for Real Madrid this season. Yeah. I know they've got Fede Valverde who's doing excellent, but Modric is getting older, Kroos is getting older. I, I'd say he's a he's a perfect addition to this Real Madrid team. Yeah, okay, good to hear. And now the final the final suggestion, the final, yeah, the final tip, the final tip from the La Liga expert. Yeah. Yes, the dark horse. We had the dark horse last week in the podcast as well from uh, from <laughs> yeah, our guest Eddie Chimera. We love so, a good uh, wild card. We love the, We love the good dark horse. Let us know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to. Uh, I'll try to give you a good one. It's not that big of a dark horse, though, to be fair. But it's um, it's uh, Lucas Ocampos from Sevilla. Okay, interesting. Obviously, Sevilla. Um, for, well, uh, Ben Yedder left Sevilla this summer, so he left a goal scoring gap with Sevilla. And Sevilla bought in uh, bought Luke de Jong. They brought in Luke de Jong in order to uh, to fill this uh, goal scoring void. But as we all know, that hasn't played out too well. No. He's only scored five goals. But thankfully for the third place, Sevilla, somebody else stood up. Somebody else is Lucas Ocampos. The Argentinian winger has scored 10 times already in La Liga this season. And if he, um, if he somehow manages to find the same form he had before the Corona break, I think he could be an excellent, excellent player to put in your portfolio. All right. Well, uh, guys, you heard, you heard it here first from the La Liga expert, uh, Alex. Uh, Alex, I want to thank you for your time and for your for your tips, James. I've also got one quick yeah, question. Sure one quick question before you leave, Alex. Uh, I like the three players Obviously. you picked. Definitely some good selections. Uh, there's been a bit of talk though around Sal Niguez. Apparently, he's leaving Atleti this season. Uh, first of all, where do you think he's going, and how big of a loss is he to Atletico? Uh, I'm I'm uh, pretty sure you're referring to the fact that he posted on his Twitter new club announcement in a couple of days. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In uh, have you also read what he said in the meantime? What's he said? It was according to an e club he's going to sponsor in the future. Mm. And then his uh, and then his agent uh, revealed why would he leave Atletico Madrid? He is already at a main well, club. Well, who's who's the fool? So now? I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's 
it's the fact that he's going to leave for Man United anytime soon. Nah. <laughs> well, it's good. It's, we, it's it's good that we have James's foolishness on record here. We so. we, we didn't want him anyway. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I hope you're referring to that. No, I think I'm pretty sure uh, so was staying. Just he signed make, a nine-year just, contract a couple of years ago. So. Just, just making sure you're fun. on top of uh, your team's news. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex. Thanks a lot, and uh, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch soon. Thanks for your tips, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And we'll, uh, anytime, obviously. Hopefully in the future. And have a good uh, La Liga uh, round this week. Yeah, this week's going to be brilliant. Start <laughs> off with the civilian derby. Love it. What could, what could be better? Hala Madrid. Have a good day, guys. Enjoy, enjoy. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>Right, so uh, that's pretty much all we have to talk about, right, James? I think, yeah. Unless, unless there's, there's, another, there's, there's a, little a cheeky catch. little segment you've there got hiding stashed away. I mean, last, uh, last two times you've, uh, you've quizzed me. I thought it would, uh, it would be time to turn the table and, uh, and give you a little quiz on so La Liga. Speak. I mean, you've lived in Barcelona, haven't you? Oh, God, no pressure. For a year, so... Yeah, uh, yeah Brit abroad. You can speak fluent Spanish for all you ladies out there. I can't say much about my Catalan. But... Um, I thought it'd be nice to uh, test you on your Spanish football knowledge. I'll, I'll give it my best. I'm more of a Premier League buff. But, oh, that um, is... Come on. That, here we go. What kind of attitude is that? I need some confidence. I need some uh, bravoure. Maybe, maybe I'm hustling you. What is this? This maybe. is a scaredy cat mentality. Come on, man. <laughs> You're wearing a United shirt. you got to show the spirit. Yeah, but look, you've got it out for me, you know? So I reckon you've picked out some real nasty no, questions. No. These, are, these are questions coming from uh, Spain National Tourist Sites. Most of them. Bloody so let's, uh, let's see. Are All you right. ready for the first question, James? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. So the league has existed a long time. It's existed um, a while. But there's only three clubs who have played in all three on all editions of La Liga. Can you name them? I think the first two are quite obvious. Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Athletic Bilbao. I believe. That's correct. Yeah, you Athletic Bilbao also. Quick, quick off the tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely knew that. Historic club. In oh, the oh put your phone away, James. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. What, Google's not allowed? <laughs> oh, okay, right. All right, all right, all right. Uh, to be clear, he does not have his phone on him. But um, All right, uh, good, good on you. Second question. <laughs> all right. Quizmaster, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, Quizmaster is back, is back. <laughs> um, yeah, let's have a question about forwards now. Last season, who scored the most goals in La Liga? Great question. I think the obvious answer would be Lionel Messi, wouldn't it? But I don't think you'd ask me that question if it was that obvious. I know Luis Suarez had an absolute stellar season. Um, I'm going to go... I mean, Messi's the obvious answer. Messi's the obvious answer. I'm looking for a final answer. But I'm going to say Luis Suarez. You say Luis Suarez. Well, uh, Benzema ended in the third, Suarez second. Number one was Lionel Messi. Oh, God. See, look, it's one of those where you... One out of two. It's, it's so obvious that you think it's, it's a trick question. All right, question, uh, next question. In Spain, there's more to football than just La Liga. Do you know by which name the Spanish Copa del Rey tournament is popularly known? I can give you three Ooh. options if you want. Yeah, that would help, actually. Number one, the monarchy. Number two... Torneo del Caos, Chaos Tournament. Yeah. Or number three, Torneo del K.O., K.O. Tournament. Uh, Torneo del Caos. No, no, actually no, because it's quite predictable. So, and I, th I think Real Madrid and Barcelona tend to win it quite a lot. Real Madrid, I think, have won it the most of any club. So they'll probably call it the monarchy by default. So I think it's the monarchy. Final answer? Final answer. Uh, false. Oh. Torneo 
The nickname, the KO tournament, is due to the fact that there are often some big surprises in the early stage of the competition. With uh, lower stages. ranked teams frequently knocking out teams of the early first stages. Early stages, come on. Get so, real. wrong. Watch James. an FA Cup from time to time. If you really want to upset, watch an FA Cup round. Next question. The Pichichi is the name given to the player who scores the most goals during La Liga season. Do you know which player has scored the most goals in the history of La Liga? total since 1928 uh it will be a real madrid or barcelona player someone that's probably stayed at one of those clubs their whole careers i'll be looking at someone like a raul from real madrid is that final answer you can't ask me you can't answer with a question james no that that's final answer raul raul left the spanish liga having scored 228 goals yeah but number one oh was he second Lionel messi with <sighs> scoring over 400 goals in la liga <laughs> Ronaldo is second. Of course, I do not even think of that. Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo is that's second with dumb. more than 300 goals. That's just dumb. Zara, Zara. Is, is the player who has won the Pichichi Trophy the most times, mm. five times. He scored 251 goals. And then fourth is Raul. Raul, yeah. That was that was silly on my part, to be fair. I should have, I mean, for, for some reason, Lionel Messi and Ronaldo just, they're on a planet of their own, so they don't even come into this discussion for me. But of course, of course, it has to be Messi, doesn't it? It has to be. <laughs> Obvious when you think about it. Last time you asked me a question about the stadium capacities in yep. uh, Go Germany. On. Go on. Here's one about Spain. Which one has which stadium has the greatest capacity? Well, that's an easy one. Even even I know that. That's uh, El Camp Nou, Barcelona, ninety nine thousand three hundred eighty one. That's uh, quite exact, James. Yeah, yeah. I know it. I've lived there. I studied there. I'm aware of it. And then close second, not even close second to be fair. It's El Bernabeu, eighty one thousand ish. So, uh, do you I'd know actually, the number three, the third biggest stadium? Uh, I believe it's the Wanda Metropolitano, which is sixty-three thousand ish for Atletico Madrid. Um, brand new. They specifically built it so that they would be the third biggest stadium in Spain. They knew they're never going to compete with Bernabeu and Camp Nou. Camp Nou is actually being renovated. It's going to be the 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 new Camp Nou, and that's going to get up to one hundred and five thousand. Wow, which is going to be big. Uh, coming in twenty twenty one. Keep an eye out for it. It's going to be it's going to be impressive. It's going to be a beast. Very good. Very so if good, all James. questions can be that easy, I'm yeah. going to look like an absolute genius. Um, also, the, if I had a couple more brain cells, I probably would have gotten a exactly, few more of those as exactly. well. All right. A question on championships. Go on. Taking into account the three current national trophies, which are La Liga, Copa del Rey, and the Supercopa de España, the Super Cup, yep. which team do you think has won the most titles in the history of Spanish football? Real Madrid. By quite some distance as well. Real Madrid have won the most, I think. All three combined, then? Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Real Madrid have got about 88 titles to their name, I believe. Uh, Barcelona coming close second. And then I actually think um, Atletico Madrid are the third most successful team. Am I correct? So I didn't know we were making a fictional podcast because these numbers are coming out of nowhere <laughs> i have no idea where you're getting me really from. Uh, actually okay so no with the real madrid figures i'm i might be considering as well champions leagues and and even then and you're way off fifa because, club world uh, cups <laughs> really no uh fc barcelona has won 69 trophies in total domestic we're talking we're talking about the three trophies in spain yeah exactly no, ex Liga, ex Copa del Rey, Super exactly Copa. so what i'm saying is if you combine champions league we never talked about club champions world league. Cup, no no no. but i was i was thinking total i was thinking total okay oh. for, from those three uh, it's got to be real madrid still i think no barcelona has won 69 uh, 
trophies. Okay. From those three. And Real Madrid, 62. They oh, do okay. have the record for the most La Ligas with 33 uh, right. national titles. Well, then I did pluck them out my ass. Well, not, not totally out my ass. I still defend myself. I still defend myself. If you look at total trophy hall, it'll probably be a different story. But I didn't listen to the question. You're right. Excuses, excuses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get, let's give you one more question to All finish right. off, okay. and that's a question uh, that okay. will let you show off your knowledge of if Spanish I, football in Europe. If I if I get this one right, we forget about all the others. That's uh, I'm the uh, ultimate quiz king, right? All right, Spanish football in Europe. Two Spanish teams are at the top of Champions rankings for the continent's two most important international club competitions: the Champions League and the Europa League, former known as the UEFA Cup. Who are they? Champions League, Real Madrid, correct, by an absolute country mile. And Europa League has got to be Athletic Bilbao. I mean, that's their tournament. I mean, they've they've won it. No, 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 no. Sorry, apologies, apologies. It's Sevilla. It's Sevilla. I remember they they. I think they've won something ridiculous. Like uh, they went on a roll. They won four in in five seasons, something like that. Or uh, with with Unai Emery as well at the helm. So I would say Sevilla for Europa League. Quick recovery, and you are correct. Yeah. Real Madrid uh, is the top of the Champions League with 13 titles. Sevilla are the leaders of the Europa League with five wins. Yeah, James, uh, yeah, mixed results. Um, yes, yeah, a mixed bag. I have to say, I expected a bit more from you. Yeah, so did I. A bit uh, disappointed. I, I, I disappointed myself on that one. I mean, the Lionel Messi top goal scorer at La Liga history, I mean, that's an obvious one. I apologize to anyone out there who actually listened to that horrific answer I provided. So let's leave the quiz uh, to me next time, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, th I, think, I think that's a good shout. I think that's a good shout. But that's all we got this week. Hope you enjoyed this week's uh, edition of the podcast. We're going to be back again for next round, and we're going to be talking more about the Premier League and La Liga, giving you a roundup of some of the fixtures. And, of course, we'll also be including some Bundesliga in there. Until then, hope you enjoy the fixtures coming up. Stay safe, and until next time. See you.